You're listening to Popcorn Ronin with Roger and Vince. Every two weeks, they give their thoughts on movies, TV, and anime. Okay, this is (laughs) We've been podcasting together now For over 10 years Or thereabouts And hundreds of of different shows Across multiple Genres, platforms, you name it From gaming to comic books to movies Everything I would like to think That by and large Whenever I assigned, quote-unquote, something to play or watch or read, it wasn't crap. It wasn't absolutely mm. horrible. Nah, it's a by and large. There okay. might have been a few. But again, let's remember, hundreds of podcast episodes together now. I got 22 minutes into the first of the episodes we're going to be discussing, and my thought was... Oh my God, what have I done? I have made a terrible mistake. (laughs) Uh, Not that I felt bad about making you watch bad things because let's be honest, I still owe you (laughs) without a fucking doubt. (laughs) The scales are not evenly tipped because of this by any stretch. (laughs) I I don't know how to break this to you, Roger. I've watched far worse films than this. Oh yeah, well, so voluntarily. I. I watched Godzilla just recently. But I digress. So one day, let me tell you about the Guardians. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's back up. Uh, at this point, here for folks listening in, we're probably a couple of months ago we recorded our episode of the Wandering Earth, and during that episode, we were talking about the well, one of the lead actors in that show, uh, Wu Jing, and we were talking about other films that he had done. And Wolf Warrior came up. So I thought, well, that would actually be a fantastic episode for us to tackle both Wolf Warrior as well as Wolf Warrior 2. Um, they're working on a third, but it's I think it's still in development. I don't even think they've filmed any of it yet, but none of that fucking matters. <laughs> <laughs> we watched one and two, and I got to tell you, that was plenty for me. The I, I will say, though. Two was significantly better than one. So if they show that same amount of growth between two and three, three might be watchable. It's possible. And I did think the same thing. What's funny (laughs) is that, um, like, one is horrible. We're just going to put that out there. One is horrible. I don't know how two got greenlit, but anyways, the... um, I mean, they made their their money back. They the budget was twelve million, and they apparently made uh, eighty one and a half million back from from one. But two, whether it was because they'd established an audience or name for themselves, or because justifiably 
there's a point in the movie where it gets better. And its budget was $30 million and it's grossed over 870 worldwide. So clearly doing significantly better than the other one. And we'll get into two in a bit because, like I said, the, the, initially I was like, oh, fuck, this is going to be just as bad as one. But there is a moment where you're like, oh, well, that was clever, actually. <laughs> and I don't know if we're on the same page on that or, or how it progressed. But let's go back to one. So Wolf Warrior is the story of a sniper in the military played by Wu Jing. And his character's name is Feng Ling. And I'm going to stop you right there. Wolf, go for it. <laughs> because watching the first act of this film with, where, you know, they're taking down the, the drug dealers and whatnot, they establish Wu Jing as a badass sniper. Like, okay, I could be in for an interesting sniper movie. You know, they, they keep playing it up even, you know, later on. He's like, oh, he's the, the one of the best snipers in the military, this and that. Never once in the rest of the film did he even use a sniper rifle. Nobody used a scope. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I, I was so disappointed. <laughs> I'm trying to remember now if there actually was another sniper. There was the, the training mission where he had like the paintball gun sniper rifle or whatever that was. Yeah. And, like, he was able to draw upon his expertise when he was running from the other sniper. But at no point did he did that ever really become relevant across two movies. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. Because there are, like, to say that this show, these shows are trope-heavy is an understatement, colossal understatement. And the first one is very much... Chinese sniper versus uh, was the main sniper for the Mercs a an American or because they weren't all uh, he Aussies. was white yeah, That's he, yeah white. really all I can tell you because he did speak a couple of times I assumed he was he was American because there's that merry band of Mercs that mm-hmm. fit well they, they set it up as like uh, I think it was like a multinational so he could have been yeah, exactly, European yeah. or South African who knows so anyways so here's our main guy who is apparently a sniper and he the 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 film starts with <laughs> film i actually quoted film <laughs> um the the film starts with him being disciplined for something that he did and then they kind of cut back and forth between what happened and 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 the uh, the hearing which includes some idiotic flirty moments with the single female character in the Oof. room it's like oh this is where we're heading are we all right um and then you you get a uh, a scene a backflash where they show what happened and basically they were going in on a drug bust he didn't follow orders and they made this big fucking deal about him shooting three times through a concrete block in order to take out an idiotic <laughs> villain who couldn't be smart enough to move the fuck away from where he was standing. And they, I know they, they, they later reference that he's got some developmental problems, but I swear to God, I think they only made him developmentally challenged because they needed an excuse for why somebody would be so fucking stupid as to stand behind a block that's being shot at progressively harder. Wow, and a, I must have been completely checked out by then because I didn't even know that <laughs> yeah they it's something that his 
his brother mentions later on. Mm-hmm. It, again, it was a throwaway line, and it was it really came off as oh, you're just trying to excuse stupidity in writing initially, because he shoots the same spot three times because he's that good a fucking sniper, and the bullet then kills this guy and who is running this this drug thing, but because he didn't listen to orders, he gets a discipline. But not really. He gets sent to prison where he exercises and sweats a lot. And I will say... He is the wettest man in China. This is... I, dude, I have a lot of notes. <laughs> I, was, I was saying on Twitter, like, when I am doing show notes, I always kind of have, but a lot more now. Again, because of the pain meds, you forget some things. So I'm being very... I, I put in not just the notes about what happened, but what I was feeling at the time, just in case, and to remind me. My notes for this film <laughs> include things like, why is he sweating so much? Holy fuck, this dude sweats a lot. What the <laughs> hell is going on with all this sweating? Why is he the only one sweating? And there's a lot of those. I don't know if they decided sweat is sexy over there. But yeah, he sweats a lot on film. The female... Uh, soldier, we don't know what her rank is initially, or they might have said it and I just didn't pick up on it. Um, she goes to interrogate him in his prison cell, and again, in a stupid fucking twist, gets him drunk to get information from him. And, and A, man, he gets drunk real fast. <laughs> like, really fucking fast. I don't care what I it is. I thought the whole drinking. thing was that he didn't get drunk. No, he, you could see him start to slur his speech and to mm-hmm. really relax. So, and then, but the other thing too is like during this interview, because it's not an interrogation at this point, she's fucking trying to recruit him. She brings up his old man who was an alcoholic who abandoned them. I'm thinking, and so you got him drunk to tell you this? Like, it, it just is nonsensical writing right from the get-go. And and this kind of led to me having the same ideas as what you just mentioned, where you kind of clock out at one point. And it's like, I'm just watching. I, I'm not trying to make too much sense of this, because if I do, it falls apart immediately. It's just like, please, please, at least give me some interesting fight scenes. And there's none. I'm sorry. No. There are none. The fight scenes are horrible horrible in the first one it improves a little in the second one but they're horrible you can practically see the wires in some of them which if you're going for what you're trying to set up as realistic even though it's not you're really trying then the moment you have that first fight where they're bouncing in like traditional like martial arts fucking flying all over the damn place you're like oh god fuck so this is what this is all right i mean even more than that when they get to like the the jungle fighting scenes it's just there was i it felt like hours but a solid 45 minutes in the middle of this movie which is nothing but people running behind trees and shooting like oh oh, (laughs) geez well and okay i need to know too because again i I was paying attention for most of it still. And I was, I was, I kind of clocked out some, but not too much. And there were points where I, and my notes reflect this. It was, I'm saying, 
are they fighting themselves? And then I went, oh, that's right. They train the elite forces Mm -hmm. because they're supposed to be. He gets recruited for the wolf warriors because they fight in packs and all this. And yet he's this lone wolf. Again, they're playing on tropes so fucking heavy. They're beating you on the head with it. And, and so he's recruited by these guys that are, they're supposed to be the most elite of all soldiers who then train the other elite soldiers in the Chinese military. Which leads you to wonder, okay, if you're that fucking good, why aren't you on the front lines? They have to make it fair for everybody else. And then when you're watching the fight where they're, again, quote-unquote, training the elite forces, A, by this point you've gotten to meet the team, which is, again, such a fucking ridiculous scene. When he's being flown over and he's like running in space while he's hanging from a helicopter i was groaning when he's dropped off and they all surround him you're going oh for fuck's sakes what the hell was the point of that and then you hear them speak and then you're like oh these are just fucking boys playing as soldiers because they all come off as juvenile boys like absolutely stupid and then they get into the misogynistic bullshit about this woman that's leading them and shit like that it's it was stupidity after stupidity and these are supposed to be the elite force that trains the military's elite it just it was a that whole fucking scene was a waste of space it just I know they're setting it up because the mercs are coming and so that's why they're caught kind of unawares without live rounds and whatnot but it still came off really stupid and then as if it wasn't confusing and stupid enough let's just toss in the most horrible CGI wolves we can possibly get because of course it would be wolves going after the wolf warriors and the wolf warriors are so elite they managed to fight off what had to have been 150 actual wolves with blanks. That's the other thing. <laughs> they had fucking blanks. Like, oh. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so during this time, uh, well, actually a little before, too, you get the scene with the, um, is it before or after? I think it's before, where you get to meet this drug where they paint the jet oh okay and he gets broken free because he is being either taken to prison or whatever the fuck it is and apparently he's allowed to fucking smoke a cigar (laughs) like this is the most like they looked at tropes of asian films that were really stupid and went let's dial this up to 12 because the mercs arrive which like you said they're this international team of fuck nuts that fit every trope imaginable for mercs and they're going to bust him free and they come to play they got all the big fucking guns meanwhile dude that they're saving is standing still having a fucking smoke while bullets are flying all around him. 
like they're firing Gatling guns at one point. And if <laughs> I don't, I don't presume to be an expert on guns by any stretch, but there's a few things I know. Gatling guns aren't that fucking accurate. <laughs> no. It's a spray that you're getting from them, not a sniper shot. He doesn't duck. They never hit him. And they're taking out the guys that are right fucking beside him. Like, again, they're tr- they're leaning into the let's make this as quote-unquote cool as possible, but it's so unbelievably stupid you, you see a lot of this in this scene as well as the uh the drug rate at the beginning yeah Wu Jing has to be a big michael bay fan <laughs> because there are certain points where he tries really hard to do like the bad boys shots and say what you will about michael bay he has been in some of his films a great cinematographer and trying to replicate that makes it really obvious when you file, when you fall short of that mark. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. So now these mercs, now, again, this is where it's important to remind yourself while you're watching this. These are the most elite of elite soldiers in the Chinese military. And they're joined by... Uh, the next elitist <laughs> soldiers that they're Team still kind of tra- training. Yeah. Being taken out by a handful of mercs. And that's where you're like, oh, for fuck's sakes. Because, like, these mercs are just playing these as if they were boys in soldier costumes. And you have these stupid fucking scenes like... How do you get through a minefield? Well, apparently you just run very fast. <laughs> and then you have all these other th- scenes where it's like, oh, this is so f- just idiotic. And it Probably just ca- my favorite was right before the wolf attack when, like, they're sharing their histories and telling people. And <laughs> the guy might as well have been tying a noose around his own neck when he's showing off the picture of his daughter. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. You cannot make it any more obvious that this guy's about to die. <laughs> and so that's the thing, too. He literally dies a couple of scenes later. And you, as the audience member, are like, am I supposed to care that this guy died? Really? We saw him in one scene. I didn't even know his name. Exactly. And it was so forced in order to and it was it was like the writing was on the fucking wall there it was like this guy's gonna die and we're gonna try to make you care by showing you a little girl and saying that it's his daughter but it meant fuck all and the way he dies you're like whatever kind of thing it was just again it was stupid and then again i thought it was a pretty slick little bit of choreography i thought that the, the 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 kick work at the end certainly but everything leading up to it no i no Again, the choreography got better in the second one to a certain degree, but in the first one, I I really did not think so at all. Grading on a curve, it was one of the better ones in this movie. Yeah, if we're going to go that route, then (laughs) sure, sure, why not? And then, now, the other thing here, too, (laughs) is that it's not just that these motherfuckers can jump into the air 20 feet when they kick and, and, and whatever. Um they can get shot like nobody's fucking business and just get up and keep going. Like the, the, the one big dude gets like riddled with bullets and then 
somehow manages to find the strength to shoot down those two guys, like, heaves them, what, 50 fucking feet? It was just like, <laughs> like, it was, where the hell did that come from? And old fucking Wu Jing there, or I should call him by the character name. Long Fong. He gets riddled with bullets at any Everywhere, every fucking scene, it's like, oh, he got shot again. Oh, there he is getting shot. Oh, but he's going to take a moment just to look over this border casually. He's still riddled with fucking bullets. And yet now he's just going to take some time here and relax. (laughs) And before that, you have where he steps on the mine, which is, again, fucking idiotic. Now, he's chasing after the main merc. Who's running away? Now, to be fair, and I'm, I'm fucking, I'm air quoting again. My fingers are getting tired from air quoting so much. The This guy got shot. And apparently, if you are not Chinese, getting shot is a little bit more serious. So he's a little bit slowed down, but still not too much. And he's taken off. Now, our dude, who's been shot as well, I think by this point, he got blown up as well, is on a trip mine. And... He is going to dig through it, dig a hole in the ground so that it's lower, so that there's less spray that could potentially hit him. Complete nonsense fucking bullshit makes no fucking sense. But just just stay with me here. Digs this hole that's at least a foot deep. Okay, now they kind of show him doing some of that. With his knife. With his knife. And it's slow. It's a slow process. Plus, again, this is a landmine, so he's taking his time. You don't rush this kind of shit. He manages to jump away from it without losing a leg. That in and of itself, pretty goddamn impressive. Completely nonsensical, but let's just roll with it. Then he catches up to the Merc. (laughs) He fucking catches up to him. He's been blown up, shot, had to take all that time to dig a foot down for a landmine, was knocked out for a bit as well, had to come to, and then quickly catches up to this motherfucker to, to, to fight him. <sighs> so I, I, I have some questions. Really? Because you don't say. <laughs> wasn't the entire point of this operation to kill Long Fong and revenge for killing the guy's brother? At one point, it sounded like they were told to bring him back alive. Okay, I again, must have that. checked out. I, I I believe I read that at one point, and and but again, that's complete nonsense when you put it together with everything else that's happened. And clearly, they were trying to kill him. So yes, he's standing on a landmine. You turn around and you fucking unload a clip in him, but they didn't do that. He just kept running away like dude's running through the 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 minefield Mer- he didn't put all those mines there no Only no a couple no that, were his that was that was already there the um the uh fengling actually hits one of them and merc hears that does not turn around to go back and finish him off even though he's supposed to be a big dangerous merc, no, he just keeps running. Which, again, complete fucking nonsense. But not as bad as shooting through sand. <laughs> because they come across each other. He falls down under in the, the bottom of a little dune, the merc. Fengling's on top. And they start unloading at each other through the sand, which was 
fucking idiotic. And then when nobody's shooting anymore, old Fang Lang, being the genius that he is, just walks out. Because it's not possible that the other guy had another clip or was saving some of his bullets for such a stupid move. It pissed me off so much. <laughs> so, so much. Well, and then the the whole thing is now we're realizing that whatever the hell they're doing at this point is cover for the drug lord to escape because, oh, by the way, he has like the genetic information of all Chinese people that they can use to develop diseases that like one of those things were just like, oh, by the way, here's a gigantic plot point that we're just going to try to <laughs> shove in here at the last minute to make you try to care about. Yeah, there was like no, there were no breadcrumbs for that. That was just like, oh, big surprise. It's like, oh, why is he in China? Why is he in China? I don't know why he's in China. Oh, why is he trying to get to the border? We don't know. Oh, gigantic, important thing. (laughs) Yeah. And I keep going back to him being riddled with fucking bullet holes looking over the border. You can take any number of rounds to the shoulder or thigh and be perfectly fine. (laughs) Completely non-essential body parts. Yeah. And then, again, because there wasn't enough sexist bullshit in this film, he gets her, his commanding officer, let's be clear, because this woman is the one who leads the wolf warriors, to bring a medal to his dad. And I'm going... The fuck kind of sexist bullshit is that? That he's getting her, his boss, to deliver a message and a medal for him. By the way, question. Who was in the flashbacks that we kept doing? I assumed that that was the father. And because, and I was going to get to that at the end, because again, (laughs) such a stupid fucking trope. Because the father, you find out initially, was a soldier, but was also an alcoholic. He abandoned the family. They didn't know much about him, but there were a few stories. One of them, he was in some fight at some point, and his commanding officer got shot. And they were everybody was trying to rescue him, and they're all being taken down by snipers, because it is a show about snipers, apparently, except for Feng Lang. And... He was begging him to shoot him. And then you get the scene so that nobody else comes to try to rescue him to save the squad. And then you just see the scene of him just taken off. The assumption being he has had to live with being a coward and not shooting the guy. Big reveal at the end. No, he's left. He's lived with the guilt of having killed him. And shot him, which is what, of course, has to happen in exactly the same way for Feng Lang. Only he decides he's going to shoot a fucking tree down with everybody to get some protection to save his superior officers. Yeah, I was just very confused about, like, how long ago was that supposed to be? Because it seemed like the commanding officer in that situation was a little too old to be his father. Oh, if it, Yeah, I... No, it was horrible. It was, it, it was horribly written and directed in terms of trying to make sense of this. Now, I say that as somebody who watched the, the subtitled version. So perhaps it made more sense and was explained a little bit better if the subtitles weren't good, which happens a lot, let's be honest, that whatever. Or maybe, again, this is a uh, trope that you see there that they just kind of roll with. 
I don't know, but for us watching it, oh, fucking hell, it was horrible. I knew I was in for a ride where 15 minutes into the movies, the subtitles were talking about the Wolf Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> and one other, one other thing I wanted to touch on with this film before we move on is I get that a lot of the... the uh, the drive of this film is, you know, pride in, you know, national pride in China and the Chinese military. And in and of itself, I have no problems with that. I mean, there's plenty of movies all around the world where people are proud of their countries and proud for the people who fight to defend them. Stepping outside the box, you know, China watching that, you know, Chinese uh, almost essentially propaganda from another nation is a little, little sketchy, little iffy, little, queasy almost but even taking all that outside regardless of which country had made this movie it would have been cringe inducing in how horribly executed and obvious it was in we are really proud to be from insert country here it was absolutely propaganda worthy at the end which why is the patch in English I fight for China <laughs> That made no sense to me, and it was something that it was like, I would like to actually look that up to see whether or not it actually is in English. I don't understand why it would be. I, I don't know if it's the film or actually the way things are, but a lot of points throughout both of these movies, when they're in the military settings, they're speaking in English. They're and I don't, know, I don't know if that's to try and like replicate what they've seen in so many movies. Like, Oh, soldiers just seem cooler when they're talking in English. I don't know. Yeah. The thing that I will say as well, and, and this is very, I'm going to try to be very delicate here, not for fear of offending you, but anybody else. Um, when you're watching this and you're getting that reaction to this, that, that level of nationalism, as somebody who is not American, I have to tell you, that is exactly how a lot of American films come off that have the same kind of military component to them. So it is very much something that is intrinsic to a nation that they don't necessarily see it as such, even though to the rest of the world, you're like, ooh, Jesus, really? That's a little heavy-handed there so and, and i'm sure that there, i'm sure there's some in terms of canada but i've never seen them <laughs> we're very proud of our country and our military but you don't get those kind of scenes in our mm -hmm. uh films because by and large uh content well up until not that long ago we, we were like the peacekeepers not the the go in and shoot everybody up um uh, even though there were many soldiers in a variety of wars i don't want to take that away from them but it's a it's very, very different. So as I was watching that, it very what much was an analog for a lot of different American films that do the same thing. So oh, no, you, you're not wrong at all. Like I, I recognize it, <laughs> but it, it in attempting to to use that same imagery that they've seen in so many successful American action films, it it came across even cheesier here to me, though. I, Par for the course, though, with the rest of the film, I thought. Yes. So. That they tried to replicate something and... Didn't quite come off. Yeah, the, you know, they made a copy of a copy. Yeah. So, and then it ended with the mandatory I do my own stunts video, 
which again, there were a few outtakes and all that. It was it was fine. It's cool, but you know Jackie Chan, dude. Yeah, you really. So now we move on to Wolf Warrior Two because apparently we are gluttons for fucking punishment at this point. <laughs> You're up. So yeah, Wolf Warrior Two. Oh, so it starts off with and again they they do that kind of time break of flashback with modern times. Uh, come to find out, Long Fong is left China. He's serving on like was it a merchant vessel or something? He, he's sailing around the African coast because when they were returning the ashes of his comrade who died, Mister, I have a daughter and have no other defining character trait. Uh, shit went bad. <laughs> Uh, there was like local I, I I was already checked out five minutes into this movie you know what's funny <laughs> what I loved was that in one of the first scenes where you see what's going on with the pirate ship and all that and he goes underwater my first thought was you don't sweat underwater <laughs> so, it's not that he'll he, be dry he was, but at least he's not going to be sweating right away <laughs> while still noticeably moist not quite as wet as he was in the first movie <laughs> And this is while he was underwater. <laughs> but yeah, they, they run into like a, a crooked owner of a real estate company that is trying to like force the family out. And, you know, Long Fong being uh, the man that he is uh, in a parallel to the start of the first film decides, no, uh, despite the fact that there's police present and uh, this man has technically committed no crime, I'm going to kick him to death with one kick to the gut sends him flying 50 feet across the street and through a police car and gets sent to prison. <laughs> Find out that uh, he was then discharged from the army and presence day uh, is now uh, wandering along the coast of Africa with these uh, merchant vessels that he's, I don't even know if he has a job there <laughs> We're not, we're not getting I too much into it. I don't know. I have no idea, no. And then in action movie trope number 72, there's a civil war in Africa. Oh, fucking hell. Again, you want to talk about confusing. Who's fighting who? Why, why were they... Like, that is a huge part of the bad guys in this. But do we ever get at the beginning an explanation for this. Maybe I, I missed I it. Think I think the it. explanation is just that we all know Africans are warmongers, right? That's a thing that is true. But it, it wasn't just Africans who were the attacking party. It was, again, multicultural, and you had some other people there, too. And so it it, well, it didn't just feel like a civil war. That I, I got your sarcasm. Don't worry about it. Everybody did. But <laughs> what I'm saying is that it couldn't even just be passed off as such. At least I didn't think so. Again, there just there wasn't enough of an explanation of why this is this is happening. It just it came out of nowhere, and then it wasn't literally. Until you, yeah, and then it wasn't until you're like halfway through the show that you realize, oh, this is actually not like a starting plot that you would see kind of in a show where it's wrapped up quickly and then you move on with the main bad guys and things like that. No, this these are the main bad guys that he's going to be fighting throughout the film. But there's no explanation of why and how it started. It's just, boom, there. 
Well, yeah, because the entire conflict of this rebel militia, whatever you want to call them, rising up against the... the, the did they even say where they were in Africa? I don't think so. Yeah, just somewhere in Africa uh, against the uh, the ruling regime is entirely backdrop just to set up another Longfong versus a group of elite mercenaries story. Yeah. <laughs> because the, the African uh, rebels hire out this group of mercenaries to assist them with taking down the, the government. And at this point, I've even got the show notes with like, say like, oh my fucking God, they're using like these bullshit lines of we win, but I lost. And the, why are we helping these fucking <laughs> idiots, sir? And he replies, welcome to Africa, son. And I'm like, wait, what? That, that, that doesn't answer the question. What the hell was that? <laughs> like it just, and the, don't worry, I have life insurance. What? What? Like it was just bullshit, stupid trope line after trope line. It, it just didn't fucking work. Mm-hmm. But, to- but there was one. There was one scene where I stopped and went, oh, okay, this might get a little bit better. And that's when he caught the missile that was shot at him with that was box cool. spring yeah. mattress. And that's when I went, well, that's original. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I'll watch a little longer. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, he manages to to get uh, the child that he's been like hanging out with, and uh, a local shopkeeper and a few other people uh, to the Chinese embassy where they can be safe. And uh, they're all being shipped out on uh, ships that were uh, Japanese Navy ships that were stationed in port because they're just getting the fuck out of there, like, <laughs> evacuating, if you will. But a, the kid doesn't want to go because his mom's still there. Imagine that. You can't just say you're you're my child now. We're moving to China. And the uh, larger plot point of there is a very important doctor who's uh, still holed up at a hospital with numerous other Chinese people that we need. Uh, we need him. We can't leave him behind. So Long Fong volunteers to go to the hospital, get Dr. Chen and then uh, with the understanding that he's also going to go retrieve the boy's mother because she is at a factory. It's a Chinese-owned factory uh, where she works, and presumably multiple other Chinese uh, nationals are there as well that all need to be evacuated, so we're going to send one guy in a Jeep. Not just any guy. I No, no, I, I get that they, they build him up to be the, like, oh, we don't have the support for oh, you. Oh, no, that but- was sarcasm, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's nobody at this point. He's not even yeah. in the fucking military anymore. Like he jokes around with like, the they old They didn't even salute. ask for credentials. Yeah, I mean. At, at like, this, oh, that, that was a good salute. He must be honest. Uh, at this point, we he still hasn't told anybody that he was a soldier, did he? Because he didn't reveal that until he was talking to the old guy at the factory, I want to say. No, when uh, when he was getting off the ship and they were looking for somebody, I'm pretty sure he saluted and said, you know, former okay. lieutenant, whatever. Oh, yeah. uh, Apparently, so, the, the former didn't doesn't hold a lot of weight there. <laughs> <laughs> Questioning some of his tactical planning because when he gets to the hospital where. The mercs are already at the hospital. They're looking for Dr. Chen, too, for some unnamed reason. Um, accidentally Why were kill they the looking? poor guy. Why were they looking for him? 
we come to find out like an hour later, he's developed this breakthrough vaccine for the, uh, the disease that is ravaging this country. So there's actually some common sense there of, okay, the rebels send the mercs to get the doctor because they need the doctor to help, you know, run the country, keep the people alive. And they, they can use that as like a bargaining chip to legitimize themselves as the new ruling party. But again, that plot point doesn't make sense or become relevant until long after it's already passed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, clearly, because I didn't even remember it because it was so Mm -hmm. inconsequential later on. But yeah, during the interrogation process, one of the mercs shoots Dr. Chen. Uh, Spoiler alert, he doesn't make it. But Long Fong... Knowing that he's entering a building full of potential hostages, drives his Jeep (laughs) (laughs) through a wall. A second story Which either A means that is a hell of a Jeep, or B, construction's not up to code around here. But doesn't have any intel as to who or what is on the other side of that wall, because... There are people running for their lives because they're about to get crushed by a two-ton vehicle. And it's coming from higher as well. It's yeah. like it's not just coming at a low somehow drove through the second floor. Yeah, and just a land, and you're going, What the fuck was that? No wonder they discharged your ass. <laughs> uh fights off uh the, the mercs. We get some uh introductions to our trope a laden uh, group this time around with the big, possibly Russian sort of guy and uh, the badass lady sniper. And yeah, you know, si- we're signing up for this uh, second round of this. <laughs> I will say, though, and this was the second moment where I went, oh, okay, well, that was cool. Laying with the old man when they're fighting at points and they're covering each other. Yes. That was really well choreographed spectacularly well filmed as well like that was a rare scene where you're going oh why isn't the entire show like this because i i would watch an entire movie of these two motherfuckers getting into trouble if it was filmed that way and looked that cool that was good i hope he comes back for the third movie (laughs) i'm not watching the fucking third movie Uh, so yeah, Dr. Chen is dying, uh, asks Long Fong to save his daughter, uh, a young African girl. And then, uh, his assistant, Rachel comes along as well. And they just leave everybody else the fuck behind. I thought part of his like mission statement was to help get the rest of the Chinese nationals to the evacuation point. Nope. Only so much room in the Jeep. Okay, moving on. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, arrives to the factory. Ah, yes, the, the factory. Where apparently they're doing pretty well for themselves. They've got some pretty decent defenses set up because the owner's son, I think it is, or was he the owner himself? No, he was the owner's son. Uh, a young Chinese man is super full of himself. Oh, and yeah. Every time he got punched in the face in this movie, I I enjoyed it. <laughs> like, did didn't uh, the kid's mom even go in on him at one point? I yeah, I think she might have. 
Yeah. Yeah, he was, again, it was literally a stereotype of a character. And he fit it well. It was supposed to be the character that you hate initially, that at the end, because he tried so hard, plus got hurt in the line of duty kind of thing, you're kind of going, there's hope for him, he's going to be good. And that's what they were going with for that, that kid. Yeah. So they arrive to this factory and realize, okay, there's a bunch of Chinese workers here as well as African workers. They're just protecting themselves, trying to ride out the storm, if you will, until help can arrive. Well, help has a Jeep. (laughs) At least it didn't crash through a fucking wall. (laughs) I'm sure he would have tried. Uh, We get introduced to uh, the the old man, as you said, another former soldier, uh, elder to Long Fong, and come to find out you know he's the one who like set up the defenses and as much as uh the kids making a big play and talking a big game you know he's really the one in charge and managing the security here we actually get the the un i believe it was or uh, is going to evacuate they're sending a helicopter so we have the scene where okay all the chinese workers stand on this side of the room all the african workers get the fuck out we don't care about you and the the charming, uh, we're all in this together moment of no, everybody comes. I was like, they're still only setting one helicopter, dude. Yeah, really. And this is not like this isn't a metropolitan area, <laughs> you know. Like this is in the middle of fucking nowhere, and he's got like okay, one the, jeep. the women and children will will board the helicopter. The rest of us will travel by foot. Of course. Like all right, you know. I get the entire point of the scene, but it was just so cliche heavy, even with the music. I swear I've heard that exact same music track in 15 other movies. It was. Oh, they were. The music was horrible. And it's like they're playing this, these swelling heroic musics, uh, heroic scenes, uh, songs for some of the, the fight scenes. And you're going like, no, 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 that doesn't play well at all at all it's like it just did not fit at all uh but of course that's not all going to end well the mercenaries attack because they want pasha the 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 african girl who we come to find out she carries the antibodies to cure this great disease so without the doctor she'll do but there's this subplot going on where they are under orders not to kill any chinese because the rebels, you know, if again, with the intent of becoming the legitimate government of this nation, this unnamed nation, <laughs> know that if they piss off China, they're not going to do too well politically. So this, despite that order, God, they were not checking their fire at any point. Not even remotely. <laughs> I mean, seriously, at this point, he'd gotten shot, had he not? I'm assuming he'd gotten shot five or six times just driving to work that morning. Because when he was in the building after they they all decided that their kumbaya moment, we're going to fight kind of thing, and he gets riddled up with some bullets and stuff. Um, but he was also showing signs of the, the sickness, too. You, you, you skimmed right the fuck over that. So he's got a virus in him that's going to kill him and turn him into a monster right now. And she is helping him out of the building now he can barely stand and like coughing up blood kind of thing and he's in bed yeah they 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 kick him out because he's contagious exactly but they go out the next scene when they're driving off he's the one driving (laughs) 
how fucking sexist are you that in a scene where your lead character, the man, of course, is shot up. I can't remember if he was shot. I know he was definitely showing the the symptoms of the illness at that point. And again, she had to carry him out. But no, he's got to be the man and drive as well. It just was utterly ridiculous. Just where we saw stupid. in the previous scene, like he was <laughs> he was like almost losing consciousness. He almost died during that fight against yeah. the, the the hacker guy or the drone pilot, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, just you know, just focus. If one of those spells comes across, just power through it, man. Yeah. But the next morning, he's fine because miracle drug, miracle child, just spit in his mouth while he was sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, was she just carrying around vials of this uh, of this vaccine and uh, whatever? Exactly. You want to just wrap it up? <laughs> no, 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 no. We're get, we're going to continue because we're getting to some almost good parts. Uh, we get a, a scene with the Mercs and the Rebels and the Rebel leaders chewing out <sighs> Big Daddy, who is the name of the lead Merc <laughs> for violating orders. Big Daddy shoots him and i don't even know like he's in charge now he's gonna take over this african nation like i don't know uh but uh, whatever Uh, he's going back because they still got to get the girl and they're gonna kill literally everyone on their way there if they have to so uh when long fong gets back to the factory the mercs have essentially taken over they've got the old soldier tied up Uh, everybody's being held prisoner And I will say, in one of the more legitimately cool points of this film, when he comes crashing through the window and grabs the piece of glass as he's coming through and just starts laying into these guys. Almost kind of cool. Almost. (laughs) Almost. Like, six out of ten, which is great for this movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's the rating on IMDb. (laughs) 6.1. All because of that scene. <laughs> and then it just gets... Uh, they brought out the budget. <laughs> because the mercs show up in half a dozen tanks. Like <laughs> It was like Fast and Furious fucking tanks. That was my note. It was just like somebody watched a little too much Fast and Furious and thought, let's insert tanks into this. It just... It, mm-hmm. it was fucking stupid. Yeah, and... <laughs> In probably the only time I can think of where fridging is a relevant term for the villains in a story. Uh, Athena, the the female soldier, who's been a pretty big badass throughout this movie, like held her own in hand-to-hand fights. She was a fantastic sniper in the night raid. Like they'd set her up as like, okay, she's somebody, you know, really important, very capable soldier. Don't mess with her just gets taken out with a grenade that was rolled under the car that she was hiding behind. Like that's it. She's done for the entire purpose of causing her Russian ish boyfriend slash husband, some sort of love interest to Hulk out and just start literally throwing cars around (laughs) for another fight scene. 
it was literally for the purposes of just making this very large man go crazy. That that was the only reason why. It was again so forced. Uh, but to to justify, he was so clouded and not thinking that the stupid kid was able to take him out easily. <sighs> was it before or after this where they're singing "Amazing Grace"? Because there's that scene too where they're all singing, all of the the people that are being rescued are singing "Amazing Grace." And you're going, "The fuck are you guys doing?" I like think it, it was after. Oh, it was because they're they're all they're all like holed up in the basement of the factory, and yeah, the kid's mom starts singing "Amazing Grace," and they cut out on that immediately to just feed in a generic audio track instead of her singing and as they're standing tall war, you know wounded and weary to face the oncoming uh tanks and stuff oh my god i forgot about that yeah no i did not oh <laughs> god yeah stupid so again some almost cool stuff with the tanks uh they they, they flipped a tank so <laughs> i mean they, they, there's some budget going on here but Wait for me, I got nothing. <laughs> I'm ready to close out anytime you want now. <laughs> oh god, the whole the, I completely forgot the whole thing with the fucking bullet. Oh shit, yeah. The entire movie he's because carrying I... <laughs> this this very distinct bullet around on a necklace because that bullet was found in the place of his former commanding officer when she was presumably killed, come to find out later, not dead she's taken prisoner and the entire point of him like becoming Kane and Kung Fu and wandering the earth is to try and find who this, where this bullet came from. That what a coincidence around his neck the entire time, because of course you would. And it has a particular pattern because people are known to engrave their bullets all the fucking time. Yeah. And because that's how bullets work. They don't get distorted by heat and pressure when they're fired. It's still in its fucking shell. Like, it's, it hasn't been Yeah, fired. it's a casing. It's not even a bullet. <laughs> it's like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, uh, it, Big Daddy, he, he was the one behind it all. And was it, it, I think it was Rachel that pointed it out to him, wasn't it? Because she'd been eyeing the bullet throughout the movie. It might have been. I don't remember. It might have been. That's right. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> but we get the the poetic justice in the final fight scene of him stabbing him to death with a bullet. When you're done. <laughs> and then they get through the war zone because yay China. Yes. Yeah, there's some more of that. Which, less yes. awful than in the first film. I was like, okay, you know, it's... They're waving the flag and they're 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 escaping. Like, okay, I can accept that. It was ten times less cringe inducing than I fight for China. In English. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I mean, we're 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 kind of shitting on it because God, it we're tired it. of it at this point, and it does deserve it. But again, legitimately significantly better than the first film but that's still not saying much. Here's how I thought of it. I, I, I didn't watch them back to back. They were about a week apart or so or whatever. Um, yeah. As I was watching the second one, what I was thinking was that 
This is equivalent to a B-level kind of action movie. Maybe B minus, <laughs> you know, like somewhere mm-hmm. between B and C. This is where this fits. Um, a lot of cliched stuff, a lot of bad writing, but better action sequences and a few moments where you're like, okay, that was justifiably good. Not a lot of them, but there were a couple where you're like, okay, I really enjoyed that. Um, the cinematography was better. You could see how they spent more money on it. Yeah. But not just on explosions and tanks. Yeah. Riddled with holes, issues, tropes, cliches, you name it. It's got it all still. So it still isn't, it's not good. That's the thing. It's just, it's better than the first one. So, like, I would never, ever recommend either of these, despite how much fucking money the second one has pulled in. Literally the highest grossing film in the history of China and the number one non-English film of all time. And I would never recommend it to anybody to watch. Because it it does for, again, I can appreciate that it's probably different for a Chinese audience. I respect that. Good on you. But for I mean, I've everybody watched else, any number of shitty Chinese action films, like a large number of like Jackie Chan and Jet Li movies are not good movies, but they're at least entertaining <laughs> and see, they don't make you hate the time you spent watching them. This was it just was not good. And that's the problem that I have. Like both of them, mm-hmm. neither of them was good. And the first one was point blank, blank bad. And so it's one of those where I, I, I just could not recommend this to anybody because they're not good. You know, the first one is, or the second one is passable, but I still would never recommend anybody watch it because I, there's a oh, fucking hell. You can watch other movies that employ the same tropes, but do it in a much better way with better acting. And, and even though it's a B-list cast, still would be better than this. So, any parting thoughts, then? Be sure to tune in to Popcorn Ronin in a couple <laughs> years when we watch Wolf Warrior no, 3. No, fuck you. No, we are not. You will you, you will record that with Marty or Joe, because I'm not doing that. But next week actually will be a fun episode, because we are going to be tackling Stranger Things with, well, as long as they can make it, both Allie and Marty as well. So that's going to be a ton of fun. So make sure to check out the show notes at popcornronin.com. You know what? If you watch these show and you think we are full of shit and that we taking it too seriously, let us know in the comments. I'd love to hear from people who actually watched it and thought it was great. You're probably, you're, you're, <laughs> I'd say you're a rare bunch, but unfortunately you're not. There's, there's a lot of people who probably thought this was great judging by how much money it's made. So again, it's up to you. If you need an afternoon to, to blow and you got nothing else to watch, I'd say skip to the second one. Don't bother with the first. It's free on Hulu. There you go. With that, we will see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.